Thanks for joining us for Episode 7 of Season 4 of Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communications strategist, and because tis the season, we've added just a hint of pumpkin spice to this episode. I can taste it. Cozy. I can smell it. Yum. I can even feel it. Yes. It's in my eyes. <laughs> I'm Glenn, Jody's, par- <laughs> Jody's partner in life and business. And I've heard that on the Canary Islands, there are no canaries. Did you know this? I did not. I'm wondering, what does that mean for the Virgin Islands? Oh. Are there no canaries there either? (laughs) Okay, on today's show, we discuss what makes a great partner in business and in life. And we interview Melissa Smith. She's CEO and founder of the Association of Virtual Assistants. She'll tell us about how small businesses should go about hiring a VA. And at the end of the show, Jody tests my knowledge about old school technology. Without further ado, let's get started with this episode of Couples, Inc. So for our topic, we wanted to talk about, are you a great partner? What makes you a great partner? of course I am. Everything makes me a great partner. Everything makes you a great partner. Well, that's one thing thing I noticed. At the beginning of each episode, you identify yourself as my partner in business and life. Yeah, it's kind of boilerplate language, actually. But but it's, it's true. It's true. It's true. Because it's boilerplate, it doesn't make it not true. Right. Two things can be the same. Yes. Or two things can be true at the same time. It's a true boilerplate. Yes. And so I try to be... A good partner in business and life as well. And you succeed. I do, I hope. Um, But anyway, so we say that, and it may be like a boilerplate or throwaway language, but what we wanted to do is uh, each of us picked two ways that the other is a great partner and two ways we try to be a good partner. And and we recommend you do the same. If you're a couple in business, that means you are a true partnership, both in business and in life. Mm -hmm. And too many times, sometimes people take that for granted, or they don't think about how to be a good or great partner. Yeah, it's like some other things. You kind of get involved in the day-to-day business of being in business, and that kind of falls by the wayside sometimes. Yeah, and if it was a partner that was not also a spouse, maybe you might try a little bit harder, but sometimes it's that comfort level where you just kind of, things are going smoothly, and you don't think about it. All right. All right. Do you want to start and tell me how I'm a great partner? I can do that. Okay, um, good. I've got two things here, because okay. that's the rule. Mm-hmm. That, that was, was our, our parameter. That was the regulation you set down. <laughs> um, number one, I think, Jody, you are always present. You give your attention and your time and your effort no matter where you are, you're in that moment. Were you saying something? I'm sorry. What? Just kidding. No, thank you. <laughs> no, I was just, you know, my mouth was moving and words were coming out about you being present and in the moment. No, thank you. I appreciate that. I never really thought about that as, you know, something that is, I guess, a talent or a skill or something I bring to the table, but I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, it is a talent. And especially when you think about the world of business. You were saying a minute ago about if you weren't spouses, mm-hmm. um, you, you'd maybe put forth a little more effort. I think maybe the opposite is true a lot of times. If you are, um, let's say that you're the vice president and your best friend that started the business with you is president. Mm-hmm. 
The two of you have a good working relationship and you're friends maybe, but you don't bring a lot to the table in terms of maybe the attention that I was just talking about. Okay. And maybe the emotional support. Well, probably not. Emotional attention. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. So yeah, so I guess one that is a, a thing to think about is to be present and fully engaged yes. to be a great partner. Yes. Okay. And it's easy to do when you're in the heat of business. Mm-hmm. Let's say that you've got multiple deadlines, you're managing several projects at once, and the rest of it can real easily just be put to the side. Mm-hmm. Now, I appreciate that. Thank you. Now, my turn to tell you how one of the ways, I also have two, that you are a great partner, and that is your patience. That's so funny. Presence and patience. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I know. What are you talking about? <laughs> there are get time, to the point. There are times when I get frustrated, not with you, but with something going on in the business or a call I just took or something like that. And unfortunately, you take the brunt of it. And, and that happens a lot with couples. You know, I don't feel that way. You don't? No. I feel like that when we're talking about that sort of thing, I'm gaining insight about the process as you see it. Mm-hmm. And you have so much more experience in the world of PR and advertising than I do that I take little nuggets from that. Some of the things, the frustrations you may vent mm-hmm. from your point of view, they come off to me as, okay, I think that this is one of the issues, and here's how we could maybe turn that around and just I file that away for right. next time. Well, yeah, I think you are you naturally try to fix things, um, and so I think that is sort of you know, maybe you do put it like aside and say, okay, when we come back to that. So that is interesting that I just think, well, you're just hearing me, you know, complain or again, I don't do this a lot, but when I do get frustrated. Sometimes it's like, you know, the person who's closest to you might, I might feel like I'm being a little short or maybe less than, you know, than patient. And you tend to be patient on the other side. But it's interesting that you are learning something and not learning things to be upset about too, but learning how maybe oh, to solve them. Oh, I take them. that into account also. <laughs> Wait, yes. she's upset about this. That's something new for me to be upset about. There's got to be balance. Yeah, right? that's true. You got to learn something new. So I appreciate your the patience. Blend. <laughs> the blend. I appreciate your patience. And I think that right. is a sign of... A good partner is being patient with the other one and understanding that sometimes when they are short or maybe they seem moody, it may not have anything to do with you, but you're there to kind of help support. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. So the second one that I have is you bring a lot of great complimentary ideas to the table. And this goes back to a minute ago, I was talking about your experience. Mm Mm-hmm. You are the best brainstormer I've ever Shut been around. Up. Okay. No, look at, read my number two. A great brainstorm partner. Look at that. I thought that was a great thing for you. Well, okay. So we We're both really, <laughs> we, we have that mojo together and- I know that there are a lot of times that we're challenged in in the creative process, or it may be a business process also, Mm -hmm. and we work together and bang, we figure it out, come up with something that's, to my mind, it's better than what I could come up with individually, 
Or maybe it's something that I've come up with that you help me polish into something better. Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, there is that cliche, two heads are better than one kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. I do feel like when you've got a partner, and it's not just... Because some people, you know, listening might be like, well, I'm not a creative person. I'm, you know, a numbers person or whatever. But we all have creativity. And when I say brainstorm, I mean, it could be a business idea. It could be an operations idea, a process idea, a Mm -hmm. hiring idea. You need a partner who is going to be open to those ideas and bounce things off each other and also not just shoot things down because they might be ridiculous. Yeah. You know, again, some of the most outlandish ideas can lead to things that are very practical. Um, in fact, in my uh, years at an ad agency, one of the exercises we would do uh, would be come up with the worst possible ideas for something, for a campaign. Oh, really? And then look and then see how we could tweak something and maybe make it work. That's funny. So like, you know, if there was a bank, one of the ideas was, um, okay, you know, move the decimal to the left day or to the right today, which would be oh. horrendous because that just makes no sense. But maybe it sparks something like, well, maybe we should have some kind of special day, not a move the decimal day, but maybe there's something else. But having a partner... And what takes a partner from just being a partner to being a great partner, I think, is someone who works with you and bounces ideas off you and doesn't judge the ideas, mm-hmm. but just and contributes to them. Doesn't just like, okay, it sounds good, but like works together. And I like that about, I guess, when you have a brainstorming session, it's a chance for you guys to just stop and like, Think about ideas. Yeah, and those can be good. I think I've talked before about uh, trying to be in a brainstorming session with several people because you're on a deadline and that keeps looming and people aren't able to function creatively. It's like you start the clock and you've put even more pressure on the creative process, which hates to be contained Mm -hmm. like that. It takes time. Yeah, it does. Or sometimes it comes to you instantly, but... Not necessarily in a group setting, mm-hmm. and not while you're sometimes while you're thinking about it. It's just it kind of like it blocks it. Yeah. So you need a partner, or in this case, a group. But I, I think you know, as far as couples in business, a partner who will brainstorm with just okay. This is our time to think and strategize. No, no time pressure, no deadline. But here's an idea. Yeah. What do you got? What do you think? And everyone's open to it. Both parties are open to it, and say okay. Maybe we do need to look at expanding our online business. Let's talk about it. Let's brainstorm. And one may come with a, with a great idea. The other one adds to it. And next thing you know, you've, you've you know, conquered e-commerce. Well, you've, you've made me a better vice president in charge of heavy lifting. And yes, I thank you. You are in charge of heavy lifting. Yes, I actually, vice president. Well, I actually make you chief. Executive oh, officer. Oh, chief lifting officer. Chief lifting officer. Yeah, chief CLO. lifting officer. CLO. I mean, that that requires that. All right. So now let's talk about those are from the other person's perspective. Now, two ways we try to be better partners. And I'll start this round. Okay. I try to be a better partner by using my organizational skills and my time management and my prioritizing skills to try to help manage our tasks and jobs. I know it's not something you enjoy. And it's not my mojo. And it's not something that, you know, it, it's something that comes easily to me. I'm not saying you're not capable, but you just don't, 
it doesn't doesn't jazz you. So you're I'm allergic al- to it. You're allergic to it. So what I try to be a good partner is use my skill set and take that on for the company. We've you talked, have a gift. Well, thank you. We've talked many times about how do you pick your role. And again, the role that you should pick in your business should be something that you have a talent for, you have the time to do, and you take some joy or pleasure or, I guess, some satisfaction in doing. So the kind of the three T's, time, yeah. talent, and you take some, I guess, something is good about this for you, whether it's something that is um, satisfying for you or creative endeavor for you or something like that. And so, yeah, it may not be the sexiest part of running a business to try to manage things, but that's what I try to do to be a great partner is to lean into what I do. Yeah. And you definitely do that. For me, the first one that I've got on my list is I try to be in the moment. That's very hard for me because of mm-hmm. my, I, I guess I, I may have OCD. Or is it ADHD? ADHD, OCD. Okay. It, I'll just put those. Well, can it's I, can I put those at the end of my name, like on my business card? Oh my gosh, like it's like a doctor yeah. uh, credential or something yeah. like that. I mean, people glance at that, they think, whoa. Glenn Berkland, ADHD. I OCD. love it. OCD. Yeah. I love it. Um, it's very hard for me, yeah. whatever the reason is. But I think I'm doing a little bit better. And I think maybe that comes with time. I don't mm-hmm. think there's a substitute for that, really. I, I can go through exercises and everything and try to train my brain to be more present. But that's really more of a whole person thing, I think, than just the brain. Well, yeah. And I mean, this is to give yourself a little bit of a, a, a break on this. because We've talked about this before. When we were in a meeting with a client, I can tell when you're getting creative face it's not resting bitch face. It's just it's resting thinking face. <laughs> I try not to have that face, that right? You, you don't just have, yeah. About, but but. Um, it's it's a face that I'm like, and you'll start, you know, writing down ideas, and at that moment, yeah, you're not being present in the moment. Yeah, you're already thinking about the execution. Yeah, but I appreciate that you do that, that you already have those ideas going, and then I try to gently coax you back. Well, yeah, and sometimes I do it with my eyes closed. And so those, those are you times, you're brainstorming or your creative ideas? Exactly. See, I thought you were just napping. No, that's no, weird. That's the creative process for me. Okay. Don't judge. <laughs> no judgment, please. The second thing that I have is dividing and conquering. Mm-hmm. Maximizing our resources to get double the tasks done in the same workday. Yeah. And I think that if I make a list the chances are I'm going to ignore that list. Sometimes you do, yes. Yeah, yeah the yes. chances are very good that I'm going to ignore that list. So I think working with you, with us, it, it works better, I think, when you make the list. Mm-hmm. and Because that's your deal. Mm-hmm. That's your gift. So I'm going to let you keep doing that. Well, no, that's, but I that's think, my gift to you. Well, your gift is probably the execution of it. And so that's where I think you're a good partner is that you know, I come up with these lists or I come up with these tasks or things like that. And then you take it and you run with it. And that's part of the whole, like not being necessarily in the moment is you're already thinking about the execution because that's your, what your task is, what your role is in all this. So I think that, yeah, dividing and conquering, you know, your skill set and the fact that you know what you're good at and you take on those things that are, are best. Like for instance, all the tech stuff, you do a great job of, 
like diving into what we need in terms of editing software, those kinds of things, something I have no interest in. And so that is why you're a great partner is kind of what I've said before with mine is you, you know, I guess really um, uh, dive into or, you know, own the role that you play here. I take that so much for granted too. But the fact that you can do that, I think is good. And having, you know, again, knowing what you're very good at and doing that for the the team and the partnership makes you a great partner. I think everyone needs to look again at their role and, you know, really just, uh, I don't know, just really kind of own that part of it. And that makes you a great partner. All right. So the last one, this is the second one for me is how I try to be a great partner mm-hmm. is I am probably the first one to suggest time away from the office. Let's go get lunch or let's do this or whatever. You get very focused and you could like, you know, who knows, two days, three days go and you're like, wait, have I left the house? I don't think I've left the house. Did I sleep? Did I sleep? Yeah. Is this a dream? So yeah, you can get very, very focused. So... I don't think it's good to be cooped up. I really do like a change of setting. I love the convenience of us working from home. I truly love that. It's I so like great. I like it here. <laughs> but every I never once in a while, leave. every once in a while, you got to get away. Why? Right. And so I'm this thinking, is where all my stuff is. It is where all your stuff is. But um, I'm thinking maybe after we record, let's go grab some lunch. No, I, I like it here. We talked with Melissa Smith, the CEO and founder of the Association of Virtual Assistants, about how small businesses can go about hiring a virtual assistant. Melissa, can you give us a brief overview of what a virtual assistant is? is it, it, tell me it's not AI. <laughs> I promise you it's not. That's However, a I, <laughs> I will say that the measure of a true assistant is the same as AI. And that is their ability to anticipate your needs. So oftentimes they're like, well, do I need a a freelancer? Do I need a contractor? Do I need an assistant? And most of the time people need an assistant because what you need is someone who's going to anticipate your needs. That's the whole part of why it makes it easier. It makes your life more convenient. How you save time, energy, money. Right. Otherwise, you're delegating And while delegating is a really popular word, outsourcing a really popular word, most people don't have the ability or desire to delegate. It's more work for them. There's a lot of people out there who they would say, oh, my gosh, I can delegate all day long. Right. (laughs) But the majority of people would say, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I can ask this person to do. And so. Really, a virtual assistant is someone who's going to anticipate your needs. Now, the assistant world has evolved over time. What I was doing in my role over 25 years ago is not what I do today. Even if I were still working in an office, it just would not be the same. So while you can have a VA who answers your emails or does invoices, schedules your travel, um, you know, Though I would say what we think of stereotypically when we think of an assistant, you can have a VA that helps you create online courses, helps you source guests for your podcast, will go through those transcripts, will do video editing, social media, uh, website, blog posts, uh, membership management, community management. Really, the, the things that a virtual assistant can assist you with are endless. 
But where most people start is with the wrong question. It's what can I have in a virtual assistant do? And so what I tell them is to reverse that and say, if I could wave a magic wand and have someone assist me with X, Y, Z, what would that be? And that's the place to start. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. That's one of the things I always think about is, you know, what would I have a, a, a VA, to be all hip, do? Because um, like you said, I, I don't want to take the time to have to delegate or show someone how to do everything. But having someone there who just kind of meets you more than halfway uh, can kind of help you. So you mentioned several things that... Um, people might hire a VA to do. If you own a small business, um, is there something you need to think about when looking into hiring a VA? So there are two things that you want to start with. And these are the pillars that I match my clients on. And one, how do you like to communicate? It must be super simple for you or else you won't do it. And then it feels like it's not working. Right. If you like to communicate via text, if you like to communicate via phone, if you there's a certain project manager software that you like to go through, that is going to be your preferred method of communication. And if you're like, well, I don't know, I communicate all different ways all, all the time, then ask yourself, you know, if you thought you were walking through the grocery store and you thought, oh, I wish I would have told my VA this, what would be the first method that you would do to communicate with that person? Hmm. Okay. That's, so a, that's yeah. the first thing. The second thing is, is you, are you this person's ideal client? Because there's a difference between working with the VA who can perform the work for you and working with the VA who thinks you're my favorite. I can't believe I get to work with Jody and Glenn. This is doing my dream job for my dream clients. This is exactly who I thought of when I first started my business. And it's no different than if, you know, you're a, a lawyer, let's say. You're not going to hire someone who thinks all lawyers lawyers are shady. Right? Right, you, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, so you want to you want to hire someone who believes in the work that you're doing, has an interest in it, um, likes your mission. You know, it's it's the same kind. That's how you create that longevity. Because without that, while that person may be able to do the work, they're not going to do it with the same kind of intensity and desire to do a great job as if they planned on sticking around a long time. Because what's going to happen is, is they're going to keep you as long as the bills are getting paid. But as soon as they have a different client or as soon as a better opportunity comes along, they're going to drop you. And it's never a good time to lose your assistant. Yeah, that you know, that's where Glenn was joking about AI and the whole, you know, virtual. The word virtual means so many different things these AI days. AI is no joke, Joe. I know. <laughs> you were never joking, never joking, <laughs> never joke about AI. But that's what separates, like you can have the best software or reminder or system and that kind of thing. But that person who shares your passion, I like the way you you kind of this is what makes a virtual assistant stand out from a virtual system. This isn't a person. Your assistant is going to be that partner for you. And I, and I like the way you describe that. Yeah. And I think people forget that for as much opportunity as out there, you can have your own deal breakers. I think so many small business owners back themselves into a corner because they don't want to be demanding. They don't want to uh, ask too much of somebody. But in doing that and having that kind of mentality, you really are limiting yourself 
if you're working with a business coach and you're like, I want to create a million dollar business, a multi-million dollar business. I want to have a franchise. No one would tell you to limit that. They would tell you sky's the limit. You can do it. You, you put that work in, you make a plan, you do, you know, you can have what you want, but when it comes to hiring people, then we hold back. And there's a difference between being a, a good person to work with and wanting too much and sitting back and just taking, you know, what someone else will give you. And that's why I say, really think about it. Wave that magic wand. Who is this person? Like, how are they going to be better than anyone else? And when clients hire me and I write their job descriptions for them, they're like, wow, how did you come up with this? This person sounds amazing. And you're going to find me this person? I said, you bet I am. And I'm like, well, how did you come up with it? I said, well, I used the words that you told me. I used the description that you told me to find this person. And yes, they do exist. But you have to be able to think, one, that this person does exist and that they're just as excited to work with you as you are to work with them. And that's my favorite part of the matchmaking because I firmly believe that if you have a desire and you have a need, there's a VA out there who is looking for you. That's why I started my business. I was meeting all these clients. I knew all these VAs and I thought, how could two groups of people who want to meet each other so badly not know how to do that? And so that's that's how I started my business. Then you mentioned you know, matching up people. You do have a uh, network of people who are available. Tell us a little bit about how someone reaches out to you um, with your uh, particular, because you, you're um, part of the, you're a founder of the Virtual Assistant Association, correct? Am I saying that right? Correct. Yeah. So tell us how one finds you and what's the process when we're like, yeah, I'm ready to do this. How can, you know, this online site help me find that ideal match? Well, the Association of Virtual Assistants is, is really geared toward virtual assistants, teaching them, training them. Uh, we do have resources for clients as well. Um, but the site is more geared toward virtual assistants and creating and uh, supporting great virtual assistants in the industry. Um, my personal mission is that every client who wants the opportunity to hire the right VA has the opportunity to do so, whether or not they hire me. Um, and so I have low cost and no cost resources <laughs> that I always like to start out people with. They explain my complete and entire process. Um, I have a 98% successful match rate and I leave nothing out. So I have a book, Hire the Right Virtual Assistant, um, where you can go through the process. It's um, a how-to book and it's covered in sections. So if you're thinking, oh, I don't have time to read anything cover to cover, you don't have to. But if you have even less time, I have a hiring workbook and it covers the complete process, all the questions that I'm going to be asking BAs, all the questions that I ask uh, my clients during the consultation. It walks you through setting up interviews, creating interview questions, comparing proposals and contracts, uh, conducting the background check, making the decision in the process. Um, so it's great if someone is uh, a DIYer, you're like, I have the time, I can do this, I have the tools now. Uh, for those who would say, I need more help, I need more, <laughs> I need more handholding, I don't know where, I don't know, I need help where to start, I can't even think, um, then I always suggest people 
to schedule a consultation first. Everyone who works with me has to go through the consultation process. And the best part that people like about it is I don't give my clients homework. So when they say, what do I need to prepare for a consultation? Nothing. I will ask you all the questions, all the questions, the same questions that I ask in the workbook and in my book. And from there, I will create a job description that will both attract the right VA and deter the wrong VA. And um, yeah, that's that's really it. Uh, people can choose to work with me further, but that's that's the basis of it. And again, you know, I this is a passion for me. Uh, I love doing this with clients, but I would say that the best part of the consultation for me is when clients tell me this is like therapy. I've said some really good stuff <laughs> wow. here. Can you send this? Can you send this to me? These are great questions. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, you never and, know what you need until you get a chance to talk it through. Sure. And that's got to be enlightening mm-hmm. for them. Very insightful. Yeah, and to know that people can do that on their own if they just set aside the time always is great. Because I've been doing this for for nine years now, and so the proven process it doesn't change much. And so you wonder, is it still good? Is it still working? And, you know, to hear that even just last week, I'm like, it's still working. It's still there. It's still great. Uh, That just makes me feel really good. And it makes my clients feel like they're in good hands. And we'll leave links to these resources in our show notes. Oh, yeah. Are there specialized virtual assistants that work with certain types of industries or, say, handle very specific tasks? There are, and that's part of, you know, the workbook process to go through that because you do want someone who's specialized or has a background uh, in certain industries. If you have a crossover of industries, you can request people to do that as well. So, for instance, I have a client, a lot of clients who leave corporate to start something on their own. And they need most of their clients are still in corporate. So they need someone who I would say can work at the polishness of corporate, but at the speed of startup. Oh, yeah. that is a perfect combination. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But if you have a brick and mortar business, then you want someone who understands what it takes to run a brick and mortar business. The unique challenges those kinds of clients face, what, what they're dealing with, what they're working with, um, the options and opportunities you can give them to maybe create an online presence or just work with them in their bookkeeping. Um, there's a lot of different ways. And so you want someone who has that background. So although a lot of my clients come from corporate, I never myself worked in corporate. And a lot of my clients might need really tech savvy VAs. I am not tech savvy. <laughs> And so for me, that's why I would turn away so many clients when I first started my business because they're like, well, don't you do this? You have such a knowledge of it. And I said, well, I have a knowledge because it was always important for me to be able to be hired. But I didn't act on that because it doesn't give me joy throughout my day. And knowing that the person is working on something, it actually gives them joy is hard for people to understand. And I always think, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. The same is true for work. For me, I personally can't stand spreadsheets. I'm like, what? You know, this is just my eyes are like glazing over, (laughs) but it never fails. There's always this person who's like, oh my gosh, look at this. Look at this pivot table I created. 
look at all these formulas that I <laughs> yes, did. Like, yes. look at how pretty this is. That's what gives them and joy. <laughs> that's what gives them joy. Yeah. And so when I write these job descriptions and when I'm when clients are telling me, does anyone do this? Does anyone like to do this? Um, oh, there are people who love to do that. They just want to do it all day long. And it sounds crazy, but it's true. And so really thinking about your business, where you want it to go, what do you want it to be? Like really flip it around and say, this is fun for somebody. I'm going to create this and I'm going to think of this person having a great time. And, you know, we none of us have to go far to think about something that we do that someone says, I can't believe you do that. For all the talk of productivity, the, the fact is, is that productivity is the management of energy. And if you're not managing your energy, then you're not being productive. You could be on sales calls all day and you may love that and you may crush it. But once you have to enter all that information into the CRM, your energy might be just taken right out of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it still needs to get done, and but it just doesn't have to be done by you. Melissa, this has been terrific. Uh, we appreciate your insight into the world of virtual assistants, and thanks for being on the show. Great stuff. Yeah, because we've been very curious about about this, and, and having an expert on, on is perfect. So thank you so much. Our ever-popular quiz time. Yes, quiz time. It comes up because I just love coming up with these funny things to try to, you know. I know you do, and but this is you. catching me a little bit off guard. This uh, this is tech. You yeah, should tech, know it. But, well, maybe, but it's old tech. It's old school tech, yes. You should do pretty well. I think right. you will, but we'll see. I did try to find some very obscure things, but here's the thing. Just like we did with the boating one, we had kind of a different sound effect for the correct answer and the wrong answer. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking for... The wrong answer, maybe it's a old-school dial-up internet tone. Oh, yeah. All right, do you think you could find something? Uh, yeah, I think probably so. I think one of our computers still runs on that, doesn't it? Stop. All right, let's hear what it looks, sounds like. All right, I like oh, it. Oh, that reminds me of, you've got mail. I know, I know I had that. I was... I did too. Yeah, well, I think everyone did. All right, so what would our, would our good one be? Like a um, video game win or something? Maybe, yeah. Let, right. let me uh, let, let me look around and see if I can find that. All right, let's hear what it sounds like. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, here we go. Number one. This is our quiz on old school tech. Yes. Popular operating system Linux, which launched in 1991. Has it been that long? Yes. Has wow. Its, has its own mascot. What is it? A. Linny the Lynx. B. Tux the Penguin. C. Zip the Cougar. Or D. Bob from IT. Well, I know Bob from IT is listening, so we don't want to insult him at all, but he's not part of that whole Linux thing. Mm -mm. I know that he was against it from the start. <laughs> he, he stood his ground on Bob that one. Bob from IT. Yeah. So is it Mad A? Props. Lenny the Lynx, B, Tux the Penguin, C, Zip the Cougar, and we've already discussed Bob. I think it was the Penguin? You are correct. Okay. Yeah, I thought I remembered that, but I didn't know he had a name. Yes. Or she. Was it a I male or female? I don't know. 
but originally created as an entry to a Linux logo competition. Oh, so somebody came up Someone with it. Someone came up with it. That's it, according it to Wikipedia. It wasn't AI. No. <laughs> an artificial penguin. All right, number two. What computer giant was founded in 1939 in Palo Alto, California? Am mm. I saying that right, Palo Alto? Yeah, I think so. A, HP, B, IBM, C, Apple, or D, Hal? Hal. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jody. I'm afraid I can't answer that. <laughs> so the computer giant was founded in 1939. Was it A, HP, B, IBM, C, Apple, or again, D, Hal? Was it IBM? No, it was HP. Uh, or Hewlett-Packard, Hewlett, Hewlett Packard, which yeah. the kids refer to as HP. So now you're one and one. Yeah, pressure's on. Pressure's on. I'm feeling There's it. five total. Number three, Doug Engelbart was the inventor of what computer accessory? Wait a second. You're making that name No, up. that is the legit name. He was a, um, a Stanford Research to, uh, Institute. Engelbert Humperdinck? No, Engelbart. Engelbart Humperdinck. Okay. Yes, so the computer accessory is, he invented was either A, the floppy disk drive, B, the ergonomic keyboard, C, the computer mouse, or D, the cup holder, which some people also call the CD drive. Yeah, and those are hard to get closed sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. And they don't fit all the cups, but that's okay. Um, let's say the floppy disk drive. No, it was a computer mouse. So now you're one and two. No, That's two and one. Great. Wait. It's one and two. One and two. Okay. Number four. According to a former Facebook employee, the company used to have a master password that could unlock any user's account. This is according to the internet. The password was a variation on the name of what action hero? A. Arnold Schwarzenegger. B. Chuck Norris. C. Bruce Lee, or D, Bob from IT. Bob. Boy, these are hard, Jody. What? I know, I love it, I love it, I love it. I know. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No! I figured you would not pick that one. Could you imagine trying to come up with the an encrypted Arnold Schwarzenegger password? Mm, it's like yeah, well, 2,500 letters there. Yeah. yeah. No, it was Chuck Norris. Oh. But an upper and lower case with you know numbers and stuff. But Chuck Norris apparently was that. So oh, one in three. One in three. So you can't win it all, but you're still. Uh, I'm going to have a losing record. You're going to have a losing record. Okay. Excellent. What was the best-selling Atari 2600 video game? Oh, I used to have one of those. A. Pac-Man. B. Space Invaders. C. Donkey Kong. Or D. Combat, the game that actually came with the set that Jody hated growing up because she always got <laughs> pinged and bounced around from the screen and could not figure out how to work that game. Yeah, when you get I'm, stuck in the corner, that's the worst. I'm still bitter over that. Because your mean, opponent can just keep firing and yeah, you can't get out of it. Happened inevitably every, every time. That's the way I won most hated, of my games. Yeah, I hated combat. Corner the opponent. So, anyway, so. It's the way I win at life. <laughs> For the 2600, I think I remember correctly, it was Space Invaders. No, Pac-Man. Are you kidding? No. 
That's a uh, Pac-Man. Who said? Had over eight million in sales. I want to see the figures. Uh, the you said eight figures. million. Eight million. Eight million as opposed to what? I think the other one was maybe six. What was the second? That's what I'm thinking. Second one. Oh, I think the second one was Space Invaders. Space Invaders, and then Donkey Kong was last. I don't. I don't remember all the details. I mean, they're numbers. I don't retain numbers. You I just don't put, put the, I just Donkey put the... Kong in the in the last place. No, I don't think so. We don't want them him to he be. He comes angry. off the screen and then starts hunting you. You're in for a barrel of trouble there. Yeah, the monkey's on your back. Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a podcast helping couples work better together. We put out new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month. But to make sure you don't miss a show, subscribe using your favorite streaming service. We're on all of them. And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, go ahead, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave us a rating or review. And be sure to visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com, to learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.